Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. All right. Do, do, do. Yeah. Um, lo and behold, we're here with another episode. Again. Just a couple of weeks after. Um, I know the Delta variant says otherwise, but we <laughs> are getting back into our, our normal routine. Um, back- Pause. Oh, no? Pause. Oh. <laughs> okay. oh, we're not? No? Fake, fake getting it back into it. I don't think it's fake, friend. I think this is the new normal. I think I think we're here. I think the fact that we wake up before noon is part of it. Like, I feel overworked, much like I did before. No comment. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So we're in some form of consistency. Um, I can't say that our consistency will be consistent, but we're here. We're here. We're here. Simeon, how are you feeling? Tired. I mean. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you like I just I'm just trying to figure out is this the tired my parents used to tell me they were feeling when they oh, used shit. to be really mad like oh, when they used to be like I'm I'm tired is this the tired because I totally understand why they were so angry if they were this tired oh, all the time man. and had my mouth running around them I would you know be what in context, <laughs> in context, now actually experiencing what tired feel like, feels like in your thirties, it hurts. It like physically yeah, hurts. I, I would be real pissed off if the chicken wasn't out when I got home too. <laughs> I I know it's funny you say that. I saw a meme the other day where somebody was like, "If our parents wanted the chicken defrosted that bad, why didn't they take it out of the freezer before they left?" And I really had to think about it because I was tired and my response was really just, fuck you. Like, who has time to take out the chicken now? And we work from home. I don't want to hear shit. You yeah. have one job to take the chicken. I don't even have kids, but you have, my future children need to know you have one job. Yeah. One job. If you, if you intend to eat, you need to intend to take the chicken out to defrost. Uh, you, you know, I, I also understand like why they took under their roof so personal. <laughs> oh, yeah. in my in my house, in this house, this is how we do. Listen, it is it is I the coming of age in the coming of age in the time of COVID. Coming of like adult it. age in the time of COVID is, is very interesting. I don't like it. Yeah, no, I think the adulting looks different. Um, uh, shout out, shout out to my my cousin. I just met her her newborn the other day. These pandemic babies. I know there's like a TikTok uh, uh, game or whatever going around talking about pandemic babies. They are literally superhuman, X Men. Like this little girl is two weeks old and already out here trying to like hold on to bottles for dear life. Like she. Mm. Like, I don't, I'm just like, but I thought this happens like a couple more months down the road. So it's just, it's really different. But why what wait? is, not, why wait? Why wait? Why wait? They said that they, which, what did my cousin say? She said that um, uh, she ended up having to do a C-section because the baby got stressed out during labor um, and her heart rate went down. And I was like, she was stressed out. I was like, damn, 
she already knew she was coming into some shit. I get it. I wouldn't have want to come out either. Lo and behold, we're here. We are. Elise is here, gorgeous as ever, and also experiencing the 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 fuckery that is the pandemic. Um, and I mean, at least we're here to to share it together, friend and listeners. We we are. I mean, it's just really. We were on set the other day, and we were really trying to figure out how we've been in this for like 16, 18, wait, almost 20 months. I should screenshot this because you literally look stressed out trying to figure out how long we've been living like this. (laughs) It was since last March. So March, April, May, June, July, August. So 17 months. I'm going to be real, like, there are very few things that I've done for 17 months in my life. In my, in my, consistently. And I've, I've, I'm, I'm over it. I've held jobs for less amount of time. Listen, it's, it's real out here, but we're here nonetheless. And we are here to talk about things that are happening in the world, in the ad industry and all the converging platforms. Um, and there's actually a lot to talk about right now, but before we get to that, um, would love to do a quick uh, 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 dope shit, ain't shit. Sam, I don't know if you have something, but I, I'll do a dope and an ain't for the both of us, if you don't mind. I, I don't. I've been on the road for like two weeks. and Okay. Okay. Well, while you've been on the road, friend, the Olympics have been happening. Don't know if you heard about it. Uh, apparently about nobody it. apparently nobody has since it's been on Peacock and people don't know how to watch Peacock to find the Olympics. It's difficult. It's, it's not it's, on regular TV? peacock peacock is like the i guess the the official um uh nbc platform that's been showing like the recap of it but it's been difficult for folks to navigate because Mm -hmm. it's not like just turning on the tv back in 2000 and it's olympics all day every day you gotta click to find premium comp uh premium content, mid-level content, some kind of content, B-roll content, Netflix content, interviews, woody woo woo. It's a lot going on over there. So people, people are not having the best user experience on Peacock with the Olympics. But nonetheless, with or without Peacock, um, the Olympics are happening. Um, and unless you've been on the road with Simeon or under a rock, you may or may not have heard that the greatest uh, a gymnast of all time, Miss Simone Biles, um, ha- had withdrawn from, I think, all but one uh, of her final, um, what would you call them, games? Challenges, okay. matches. Challenges, matches uh, within the Olympics, right? Sports, the thing, you know, the thing where she does the flips, right? Um, she she had withdrawn from all but I think one of her challenges and um, citing uh, uh, mental health as a reason. Um, and many of us, and by us, I don't I don't just mean like the general us like black people. I mean many people who have lived through this pandemic, uh, the 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 trauma of this pandemic. Many people who quite frankly, have been faced with their mortality in the last 17 months. Uh, Many people who, I I think people forgot. Simone Biles was one of the gymnasts who um, 
who had accused the team doctor for the U.S. Uh, Olympic team mm-hmm. um, of of molestation. I don't Se- think it was it sexual was molest- assault. Sexual assault. Um, that was what twenty eighteen. Right. Like, yeah. I, I think I think with Simone Biles, people completely forget that this girl has gone through like I when I used to do Taekwondo right back in the day when I had my black belt and stuff, I also did t- tournaments. And I think what people are forgetting is that as an athlete, you have to push past so much just to be able to compete that sometimes you will go in and mentally break yourself just for the sake of a medal. And Miss Simone Biles, the greatest of all time, um, the baddest, the baddest to ever do it, um, the 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 flippiest to ever flip, really said, "Fuck y'all, uh, my mental my mental state is far more important than any medal." Um, I I know that they had some footage of her when she actually made the decision to say, "Naji, I'm good," um, and she went to talk to her her teammates, and she said to them, "Listen, y'all are gonna be okay." I've been to the Olympics before. I have medals. I don't need to do this again. Been here, done that. Y'all go forth and be great. And I just felt like that was just one of the most amazing moments in the history of being a woman, being a person, being a person of color, being a winningest person of color, because so many people only value us for the output that we bring to the table, for our entertainment, for our, our athleticism, for our beauty, for our culture that we will go, I mean, you'll look at DMX, you will go home and deal with your demons by yourself and nobody will give an absolute fuck. So the fact that my girl, and I will claim her as my girl, actually went out here and put herself above the United States gymnast team, the United States as an Olympic team, for me was a win, especially as a person who comes on this show and talks about how painful being tired is. Yeah. So I want to give her the dope shit. The ain't shit is to all of the haters that try to make it seem like it is her duty. Simone Biles don't owe nobody shit. She yeah. got her gold medal. And what did y'all do? Y'all left her with a pedophile. Yeah. So if sis wants a break, she deserves a break. I I, I was aware of this story and I was listening to um uh a podcast the other day about pretty much just the entire her entire career and i remember getting having a feeling of pride when i heard that she bounced because we're in a moment of black people choosing themselves over what everyone else thinks we should be doing and that's you know in the same vein as Nicole Hannah-Jones, where basically, you know, you wake up and you assess the situation, uh, you assess your mental health, you assess your your output, you assess what you've accomplished, and you basically go, fuck that job. <laughs> like, and it is, it is a moment that shouldn't be taken lightly because part of, you know, we started this conversation talking about our parents and them being tired and part of the reason why they were tired is because they didn't have the luxury to say fuck that job because they had mouths to feed and so to watch not just that they had mouths to feed 
because the opportunity, the opportunities they had available to them did not allow, did not empower them in right. ways that we're empowered today. Yeah. And, and also, I think that a lot of us have been raised and developed in a home to operate within a system that says you have to do certain things, certain ways in order for quite frankly, respect. <laughs> and yeah. so I think that, not that I think, but I know that her choosing herself yeah. over what everyone else expected was the ultimate flex. And I remember I was listening in my hotel room and- Oh, you I did th- hear it. Oh, I, well, I heard, <laughs> well, I heard the podcast talking about it. And I said to her, I was like, job well done. Like, job well what, done. What, what else do you need to do when you've, wore yourself down you you proven yourself over and over you've done shit that nobody else can do all of the people who are talking shit about you most of the 99.9999 per percent of can't do what you do can't do what you and do. so who are you to tell me to keep going when i've i've done all that i could do and, so, I, and, and for me, it was very empowering. I may or may not have choked up a little bit when I was watching the headlines for her um, with happy tears, because I don't think people understand how powerful it is to tell someone no, how powerful <laughs> it is to, to choose yourself, you know, and like it is it is for me, it was just a very beautiful thing to witness because you know, I know I've been there, you know, since we've talked about you being there when you are in those moments where you genuinely feel like you don't have a choice and you are putting your body and your mind and your, your future on the line because somebody is telling you to do it, mm. not because it's something that's going to benefit you. That is a very demor- demoralizing place to be. And it was, mm. it was beautiful at 24, like I wish at 24 that I was telling more people and not just people at the bar, but like people that had impact on my life. No, fuck you. Fuck you. No. Like I, I wish that I had, I'm at the age now where I can say back in my day, but like I wish 10 years ago that I had the wherewithal to tell more people to get the fuck out of my face. I'm not doing this shit. You know what? I, I, a part of me why I keep doing this show is because I think that more people need to hear the perspective of you don't got to deal with that shit. <laughs> like yeah. you actually have options. I firmly believe that one of the the tenets or the values of white supremacy is is the idea of scarcity. That if you yeah. if you say no, that that is going to be the only opportunity that you get to do that thing and to be respected and to to be celebrated. And quite frankly, I think we're in an era of people choosing themselves, saying and saying no opens up way more opportunities for yeses because if you ain't feeling it, you ain't feeling it, and that's not for right. you. So yeah, shout out to uh, uh, Miss Simone Biles and her glorious uh, no in a year of no's for many black people. It is the year of no. It is the year of no. Shonda gave us the year of yes. And this is the year of no, the year of choices. Yes, it is. It is. Shout out to Simone for that. Um, The the eight shit was all of the people. uh, uh, that had so much to say about um, Simone not participating 
And it's just like, yo, so many people got so much to say when all they want to do is use you for your entertainment. Yeah. And I just, and it's just like, I, I can't, like I, I wrote, I wrote my tweet and I, like I said, I was a little emotional that day, but like, I meant that like your work, whatever your work is, whether you're an athlete, whether you work in advertising, whether hell, even, even, even if your, your, your work is in the home, even, even if you are a stay at home parent, I genuinely don't believe that your work or the things that you do are supposed to keep you in a state of being sad, angry, hurt, depleted, or up every other damn night. And like, I know there's a lot of people that for a long time felt they had to, but these talking heads, these, these suits that they can't even do a cartwheel, can't even do a handstand on a wall. Okay. Can't even crawl backwards in, in the turtle position, you know, that they used to make you do in gym class. Got so much to say about this 24-year-old girl, woman, excuse me, who has her whole entire life ahead of herself. You are 55 years old, done had all the chances to fuck up your career. She's 24 and she has won more gold medals than many of us have ever had access to. Let her be great while y'all keep hating um and 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 that's just that just a whole bunch of ain't shit people talking shit and and shout out to 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 all of the athletes at the olympics of course because everybody is putting their minds bodies and spirits on the line right now um and and you know especially in the middle of a pandemic um may their work not may their hard work and effort not go unseen and unrecognized and underappreciated word all right so like we said there's a lot going on in the news right now um i don't at this point i mean i'm gonna be real with you i don't know who listens to the show anymore and i don't know how and i don't know how long they've been listening but if anyone still listens (laughs) i know people listen because i got a text message like oh my god it's about time you guys had another episode and i was like oh damn y'all be waiting my bad um, but depending on who you are and how long you've been listening, uh, when we started the podcast back in 2016, one of our first stories was about uh, a then um, J. Walter Thompson uh, agency, um, JWT, who and and at this agency, um, there were, I guess. This is like the first time people were really starting to record. This is still like the world star era of advertising when people were catching shit on video where I guess he was their CEO, Gustavo, Gustavo Martinez, I believe that was. Oh, yeah. was. You remember when he was, remember that? And he <laughs> was out, memory is shit, but I, now it's coming back was, to me. <laughs> you know, he was out here in these streets making racist comments and, and making jokes about rape. And this was that this was like, like at the pre me too the the pre height of me too and we started reporting on this and at the time you know we felt how we felt about JWT and they needed to do better um which they did end up firing guys dude anyway and it just felt this week just felt very full circle because here here we are and the news of the week is about a now uh, uh Wonderman Thompson which is the converged uh, wonderman of back in the day where I started my career and JWT 
Um, and now Wonderman Thompson is at the helm of some drama and um, uh, uh, trash in the news today. Well, maybe it's not trash. I don't know. Let's talk about it. So if 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 you haven't heard, basically, uh, Jay, uh, two men who identify as straight cisgendered white men have recently won a discrimination case in the UK um, against Wonderman Thompson uh, due to what they believe and to what this tribunal, as they call it, sounds so so serious, very Harry Potter-like. Um, <laughs> the tribunal uh, in the UK had ruled um, that these men were, were fired uh, inappropriately on the basis of their sex. And so therefore they were discriminated against. All in all, basically the white man said, we got fired because we were white men. Mm -hmm. um, and the tribunal was like, yup, we believe you. Now here's some like fake details. I urge everybody to like go do their research about it because there's a lot in here, but here's the Kai version. The long story of the short, the men, this was during 2018. Again, we are now, 2018 is the height of the Me Too movement, uh, specifically in advertising. Uh, the men are in attendance at an event um, from a prominently known uh, diversity and inclusion organization in the UK. Um, and they hear one of their... Um, one of, I guess, one of their lead creatives, who is a woman, makes a comment about it is, it is almost her, it is her goal, it is her mission to obliterate the boys club culture at, uh, and reputation of J. Walter Thompson at the time. And so y'all already know where this story goes when people feel triggered people feel like the fingers are being pointed at them and they kind of took that personally like oh my god obliterate obliterate white men but we're white men ah. okay that ain't what she said what she really said was that she wanted to get rid of the culture but how they took it was well I am a white man and so you cl clearly want to end my career mm -hmm. so I she wasn't wrong but here here's where shit went wrong okay what went wrong was when these men um, inquired about, hey, are y'all trying to get rid of us? Because they had, <laughs> hey y'all, just, just give me, just like, let me know now. Like, are y'all trying to get rid of us? Mind you, these men were recently um, promoted like within a year to, to their creative director positions. Um, they were told profusely, what? get rid of you why would we do that don't be crazy we weren't even talking about you until somebody missed the memo that that's what they were told because shortly thereafter these two men were let go they were let go this is during the time of the merger wonderman and thompson and they came together and made a baby named wonderman thompson um they were let go around that time um, and they were let go, as it, as it was told, because of, of, of um, what is it called when you get fired but not really fired? Uh, laid off. Laid off, yep. <laughs> when you get laid off but nicely, when you get fired but nicely, they were laid off due to the merger. 
So the challenge here is that these men had all of their receipts. They took a page out of the mixed company, how to make it through the workday without, <laughs> without throwing your laptop at anybody book. And they had, they kept all of their receipts and their paper trail shows their paper t- trail from the event with the DNI company and, and the folks from JWT there to the emails being like, hey, sis, are, is we getting fired because we white men because that's not right. And then being like, no, nah, don't do that. And then um, also like the back and forth when they finally actually were laid off and Woody Woodwolf. Now here's where it gets messy. Apparently JWT didn't have no receipts. Now, there's, there's so many things that we could read into here. For example, for those of y'all that like to keep receipts, I just want to go on the record and say, this is why we always tell y'all to keep receipts. Because it's not always who is right, but it's what you can prove. And even a large organization like Wonderman Thompson, who, Jesus Christ, even a large organization like a Wonderman Thompson, can fall victim to not being able to prove their case because they don't have documentation to support, wait for it, why we let these men go. Mm-hmm. I believe I actually heard there was there was an, another there was another white woman who was on the docket to be laid off with these men. Someone ended up came, coming in to take her name off the list. And kept the men on the list. So now, even if y'all, and because this, this is this is technically sometimes how discrimination goes, even if you didn't realize that's what you were doing, the fact that you don't even have any way to prove this is what you're doing, and people are making purposeful moves around you, would even make me believe, yeah, I guess you were kind of let go because you were a white man. Mm-hmm. So that's the first story. So now it's out in the world. A precedent is set that white men who over the last few years have been the target of many, mm, I would say extreme, ex- extreme advocates of diversity inclusion have been against them, that these two white men have now set precedent that other white men, straight white men who have felt that they've been discriminated against can now also file discrimination lawsuits. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to leave it there. What you think? Uh, I think that this is uh, a jambalaya of many mixed steps. This is Pandora's box. Yeah. Um, Pandora's box. I think that uh, just kind of looking at the men's response uh, to their win around if I was a gay black woman, I would have been all right. Uh, it's kind of a signal to me that they're not shit. Uh, <laughs> because honestly, I think that some people who make cases for diversity and inclusion don't necessarily have the language to do it, which is why you can't yeah. just pull up on anybody who's a woman, anybody who's a person of color, anybody who's LGBTQ and ask them to speak on your panel or to be uh, a part of your solution uh, committee or whatever to implement plans and strategies for diversity, equity, and inclusion, because 
one of, one of the interesting things about power is when you give certain people power, you that's when you realize that they're not shit. Um, and so I think that there were some missteps on JWT's part on how they approach this. I mean, yes, how they handled diver- how they handled diversity, equity, and inclusion in general. Um, I don't want to say anybody could have saw this coming, but <laughs> we, we, we saw this coming. We talked about it. We've been saying for the longest, the backlash, the backlash is coming. The backlash is coming. The backlash is coming. And while it has been dripping, like there have been droplets of backlash. I, I believe that this lawsuit or this one case um, in, in uh, conjunction with COVID, people being out of work, um, people being able to build reputation behind keyboards and not in person, which is which we haven't talked about it here, but no one's talking about it anywhere. There are there are new personalities in advertising that are purely digital. No one has ever met yeah. or seen or heard, but they see you writing and typing all the time, right? And this new culture that is developing within the industry. This is, I believe this is going to cascade into the backlash uh, within 18 months. This is going to cascade into the backlash that um, that we've been talking about is coming. And here's why. Here's why I don't think that um, the decision for, based on the actual case, the, based on how the case ended up being laid out, is the, is the scenario fucked up? Yes. Is this a terrible precedent to set? Hell yes. Were they wrong? No, and here's why. When we talk about diversity and inclusion and diversity and inclusion advocates, uh, activists and advocates on this show, the challenge is that we're always trying to blame the obvious. I'll give you an example. I had a conversation with a colleague today um, about a strategy that was being developed and and, uh, about underrepresented peoples. And the colleague was like, yeah, but this doesn't feel right because it just, it feels too abstract. It feels like there's no real enemy that we're working against. And I have to explain, when we're talking about discrimination, it's never tangible. There is no tangible, there is no tangible enemy in the context of culture. In the context of culture, it is a myriad of forces, like a fucking Power Ranger, that rile up against you to take you out, to keep you down, not even take you out because it's a whole, it's many episodes. We're in, we're in many seasons of this episode of Advertising Power Rangers. And it's really just <laughs> to keep you down, not really to take you out unless you are just purely toxic or toxic to someone, right? And so when we get to these places that we, when we got to, when this industry, cause I think we've even debated it on this show. When we got to a place in this industry where we felt that the only way for people to for people that have not traditionally been able to succeed in this business to be able to do so is to take out white men because white men as individuals instead of mm-hmm. white supremacy as the idea mm-hmm. is the enemy. That's where we fucked up. Yeah. But 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 how did we get there? I'll tell you how we got there because. Instead of focusing on the myriad of people who are experiencing the myriad of forces, what happened? 
2016 to 2018, the height of Me Too focused on the challenges of white women. In the grand scheme of things, white women, I won't generalize it, but I guess I have to, white women face one large enemy and that is patriarchy. So in, and so, so, and I'm only speaking, so I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, somebody texts me, whatever. But in the grand scheme of life, if the patriarchy is the only thing that you, the white patriarchy is the only thing that you have to worry about. Quite frankly, a lot of us felt, and I know we talked about it on this show. I mean, you're not doing that bad. In fact, that was the conversation we had with Colleen DeCourcy when she came on the show. We were talking about Time's Up. You're fighting against white men when there's still a fight against racism. There's still a fight against ability. There's still, there's a fight against the ideals and how we all, self-included, look at the world and treat people based on the hierarchy that we place on them. But instead of looking at the systems and changing the policies and changing the, 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 the precedents, we tried to change the leadership only. People felt successful because white men were falling. And so what did we do? We do just what happens in every fucking Avengers movie. We created another monster, guys. (laughs) But that's that's the thing about the about the power, right, is because. And we've we've kind of I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but I know we talked about it amongst each other where we've kind of noticed that some people who are rising voices, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, uh, within the DEI space, um, seem to have ulterior motives. And the ulterior motives are merely root feel when you, because when you get down to the core of it, they feel rooted in self and not in community, right? And so if you're truly advocating for diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're advocating for a community that reflects the, the world, the city, the states that we live in. And so ultimately when you give some people power that's when you realize that they're monsters <laughs> right it's just it's just the reality of of the game and you can be a person of color you could be a woman you could be lgbtq and get the power and sometimes the power is just the platform giving somebody the platform to say what it is that they feel and that is where you get the people who go i want to take all white men down instead of i want to change the system so that it is a system that is inclusive, that is equitable for everybody exactly. to, to work in. Exactly. It was, it was a rage. It, it, I mean, yeah, it Granted. was a rage. It was a rage. And, 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 and everyone deserves that rage. You still deserve the rage. You still, I mean, we talked about the, the, the blog from Zoe the other day, like you absolutely should be pissed off, but what we're not going to fix what what some people thought they would fix by getting rid of white men, guess what happens? You still can't find your goddamn black creative director because you're mm. still not looking for them. You're still not recognizing what creativity looks like. You still don't have C, uh, uh, enough um, BIPOC uh, uh, C-level execs, but you done fired all these white men. Now what? Didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. And that's because 
in the context of inclusion, which I think a lot of people sometimes figure out, where the conversation is two-sided. The conversation is about the experience of the marginalized versus the concept of inclusion. Right. They are not the same. They mm. are not the same. When we are talking about the experience of the marginalized, no, we don't need white men telling us about the experience. We don't need them explaining. We don't need white women explaining. We don't need black people explaining to Asian people about their experience. We don't need Asian people explaining to black people deserve to have space to have their experience and to share their stories. However, in the context of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I believe to be measurements of culture, mm. these are actual tools to measure the health of your culture, you have to be inclusive of guess what? White, White men. men. <laughs> they have to be part of the story. You don't get to cut them out. I know that's what we do in the United States with our history. I know that's how we like to approach education in this country, but that doesn't work in real life. Yeah. In real life, they actually have to be a part of the system. They have to play a part and the part can't be a footstool. Mm. And somehow, somewhere, somebody who wasn't paying, and this is crazy because it was HR, somebody who wasn't paying close enough attention to making sure that they had well documents. This is what happens when you don't read y'all y'all exit interviews. We've been saying this for years. In the context of not properly keeping documentation, you can only prove you. The truth is just whatever you can prove, and the only yeah. the only side of this conversation that could prove their point were the two cisgendered white males from the UK who said these big bad agency women discriminated against us and fired us. Yeah. And so they won. And so yeah. they won. And there will be more to win because I'm 100% sure some people really thought they were doing diversity by just kicking white men out. And that in itself goes back to what you said, friend. In itself, that is white supreme patriarchy. The concept of scarcity, that the mm. only way I win is if, if you, you lose. lose. I, to this day, as many new, as many pieces of new business that get won, as many new piece areas of technology that arise, I don't understand why we're still trying to fill the seats we have instead of expanding new seats. Right. Yep. Because I've never asked anybody to take a pay cut for me. Mm. I, this new pie that's coming in, what can I take from that? Yeah. Actually, let me tell you what I want to take from that. The, this new table y'all are bringing in, because we have all these new, these new social media and stream, streaming have, have exploded since we started the podcast. We need people who can lead these areas. How do we get in there? Right. Nobody said fire all the white men yeah. and replace them. And 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 reality is when when you start talking about those new spaces, those are spaces often where black people and women are doing dope things, and so you can easily pull from those those spaces to to fill those seats. I mean, I think it's 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 shitty because if, it feels like a lot of people are leading with emotion instead of strategy. And yeah, I've talked about this all, we talk on, about this all the time. <laughs> on the podcast all the time where 
y'all don't be doing the thing y'all say y'all could do. No. <laughs> like, y'all like, the, the whole, the whole yeah. industry is about strategy and, and implementing it. And y'all just seem to not do it when it comes to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you just drop the ball over and over again. And I also feel like what, what annoys me about the situation is I've seen how white people move to fire people of color, how orchestrated it is. And to just feel like you were just going to like throw these white men out and they're just going to be like, okay, cool, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. To their credit, to their credit, one of them said that they have not been able to find work since. Um, and, and that could be for a myriad of things that, you know, oh, you're such a great creative director, but you know, we really need to hire a black person. <laughs> Because a lot of people are experiencing that. And again, I'm like, y'all, it's not about replacing. Yeah. There, at least, especially today, there are so many jobs available in this industry that I do not understand why people still feel it's a role of scarcity, but also the pandemic hit. So that definitely exasperated his experience of, of, of being out of work, right? Um, and, and, and so like, I, I say all that to say, we have to be very clear about a couple of things. It's, 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 it's the reason why I champion for culture. I champion myself more as a culturalist, as a cultural strategist, as, as, as a person who understands the industry and the people more than I do as a diversity and inclusion practitioner. And that's not to shade people who see themselves as a DNI practitioner. You should. If that is the part of this system that you really understand and you really uh, uh, hold on to, you should. Me, it's about how do all these pieces work together? How do all these people play in the sandbox in a way so the minimum amount of people get hurt and people that didn't get a chance to play hopscotch in the last round get a chance to be first in line, first in line, second in line, third in line this this time around. Mm -hmm. It's about policy change. It's about behavioral change. And it's also about making sure that we're clear on what we're fighting against. We are not fighting against white people. We mm -hmm. are not fighting against white people. We are not fighting against white people. We are fighting against a traditionalist white supremacy ideal system that was constructed, that, that, that this industry was constructed and based upon. That is what we are fighting. Mm -hmm. Same way some of y'all can separate your trifling ass Harvey Weinstein's from his work, because y'all still be watching his movies. You need to be able to separate the people from the ideals. Agreed. I mean, and I think what it boils down to is getting real clear on what's the ask. What and, is the ask? Yeah. And, and a lot of people cannot articulate it. All they do is I want diversity. I want inclusion. I want diversity. And I remember I said this a couple of years ago that we needed a reset to actually define what it is. And I don't mean like we needed to stop, but I think ultimately when people say these words, you have to articulate what the fuck it is that you mean when you say you want diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
because it doesn't mean shit unless it, it actually has an ass attached to it. And if your ask is, we want to see more people of color, we want to see more women. And in order to do that, we need to get rid of white people. Then um, you're just as bad <laughs> as the other people. And that's just like, I don't want to say it's history one-on-one because I feel like this has happened many times throughout history in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, where the people who were oppressed got something and then they turned into the same assholes that were oppressing them. So, you know, this is why um, uh, uh, core classes are very essential in college where mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to learn about history and uh, 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 let's see other things, sociology and social studies, uh, social all studies. Of that. Because you got to you listen, you got to learn about all of the sciences because it's just, the, the context is actually very important. And I think yes. to me, that's something that like the bougie side of me, the academic side of me actually does kind of side eye people when they when they want to talk about D&I, but they don't understand history and context. Mm. It's why it was so important for me to like read up on racial and racial discrimination and gender discrimination and advertising before we talked about it on the show. It didn't start yesterday. Some of some of these men, these men who were fired weren't even a thought in their parents' mind when sexism was running rampant through the halls of Madison Avenue all over the world. Mm-hmm. They are just a part of, of the system. They right. did what they were told to do. They did what they were socialized to do. They became great at doing things the way people told them to do it. Mm-hmm. No, it may not have been the most creative ideas, but it's the most creative in the context of how we look at creative in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, if you don't have that context, this is where shit goes wrong. And I feel, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot to the plot twist. Because I feel completely terrible for the person that actually got entangled, shout out to Will and Jada, entangled in this mess, who didn't even ask to be here. I don't know if you guys have seen the the the, the meme from NeNe Leaks from Housewives where, you know, how, how, do I get how, how did I get in this? <laughs> now, now, how did I get in here? Now, why am I in it? That's what she said. Now, why am I in it? So... So Joe, Joe Wallace, a creative director at JWT at the time, was the person who made the, con- the comment about wanting to, um, let me see if I can actually find the proper word, to obliterate the, repu- the reputation that the agency was full of white privileged straight men, right? Real shit, I think that that is okay to say that. You want to get rid of this reputation that it's just spoiled white men that aren't really that creative. She didn't do nothing wrong. She offended somebody with her words. But she didn't do nothing wrong. She didn't do anything illegal. That's all it was. She Joe was the person that made the comment. Joe was out here speaking on behalf of um, making comments, as, as many were. And again, we're talking about that rage. The, 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 the words mean things. So when you talk about obliterating something, that is a declaration of war. Because you know, we can't have Russia out here talking about we're going to obliterate the United States. We're going to have to nuke up if anything like that happens. So 
I think that was Joe's opinion. I think Joe is entitled to state her opinion. Um, and that was that that is what should have been that. But here's how things get messy. Joe made the con the, the, the conversation or made the comment that tri triggered all of this, and then all of this triggered to the Daily Mail in the UK. Now, I, I know people know the Daily Mail. Um, the Daily Mail, they are just messy. They've been messy, child. It's in the UK. Um, if you've watched The Crown, you know the Daily Mail. People like the, the people that work at um, uh, organizations like the Daily Mail. Sometimes, sometimes they're they're just not shit. Like I, I, they're not. And so the Daily Mail caught hold of this story, and and here goes the uh, headline for how they are talking about this story. Instead of just acknowledging and recognizing that the, these two cisgendered white men win the discrimination lawsuit against Wonderman Thompson after blah, 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 the white men aren't important enough anymore. We need to talk about this Joe Wallace who wanted to obliterate this reputation of the company. And so they say exclusive, in quotes, if I'd, if I'd been a young black gay woman, I'd have been okay. Apparently that's something or, or, or some version of something one of the men said. Um, and then they go on to say two men at ad agency, JWT, win sex discrimina discrimination Ooh, case uh, after a gay- Shut up, Mose off. Speaking Just of nosy- Just a this device reconnects. Speaking of nosy, I'm so, I got to unplug Siri. Nobody was talking to you. Anyway, two men at ad agency JWT won sex discrimination case after gay female director vowed to obliterate mad men reputation of being full of white straight men. And then they continue to go into detail about Joe's, Joe Wallace's rise in the company. And also her agenda for diversity. And so it takes something that where she really didn't have, you know, Nini. Now, why am I in it? She had nothing to do with this except for her working there, making that comment, triggered these series of events to now you got people thinking she's the one that fired these people. And now she's out to get white men. She is out to get white men. And on top of it, we, we need to make sure that we call it out because she's a gay female director. <laughs> she's a gay female director and it's all about her and the people on the internet my friend were mad folks from the UK that I follow and and we cool with folks from the US people are mad as they should be because also Daily Mail why are you in it <laughs> you don't even go here but also but also like, I think the biggest part about the headline was just how sex, like, it's fighting sexism with sexism, right? Yeah. It's this, it's this, and, and this is where it gets messy. This is where D&I gets messy because these men are advocating on behalf of equity for men, but we're going to turn around and, and, and try to defame a, a woman who really was just out here advocating for equity in her way. Yes, she used words words of rage. Who has not been enraged by their othered experience in this business? But they literally turned this complete article around to just being about her 
being a man hater and how she's gay and she's here to push her diversity agenda. Um, if I had time, I would look at, I would look up Alyssa Guzman, Andrew Young, Tom, Pie Man, Piman Pie Man, who wrote about this, um, because I would, I would, I would almost bet money. I would almost bet money that they benefit from the same system that people have been trying to fight against in some way, shape, or form. The patriarchy wins again. I mean, and that's and that's why you have to be real clear about who it is, who the enemy is. Um, and a lot of people just aren't. They're not. They're not. But either way, I, I, I think my biggest thing, like I wanted to, before I wrap up, like it was important. I think it was important for us to have this conversation because when we started this podcast back in 2016, it was to have a critical perspective on what the experience was of the, uh, the people who were othered. Mm. And candidly, we have been enraged we have been mad but we've also talked through it and like right. held ourselves accountable to each other and also to our the larger community mm-hmm. to make sure that we not only were checking other people but also ourselves and our thinking sometimes it got heated yeah and there's a lot of people out here as we can see not talking about joe but there are a lot of people out here who have not held themselves accountable, have not done their due diligence to make sure that they were treating everyone equitable. Mm. And because of that, this is how we get into this cycle because now the fight is gonna be, we don't need diversity because diversity targets white men. So thank you, JW, thank you, JWT slash remaining leaders from JWT that are, are at Wonderman who are involved in this. You have now, you have now helped us to take five steps backward because you didn't have your shit together. Keep it, keep it 100. This is where we are today. If you wanted to let those men go, and I know hindsight is 2020, but you, when you want to let people go, you need to have a real reason. They actually should have, like, they should have done something you can't just let people go because you're, oh, I'm just tired of seeing you here. Mm. That's black, white, whatever, indifferent. And so here we are. Unfortunately, again. And it's really that simple. And, and to your point about when we started, I think that everybody has should have the opportunity to be enraged. <laughs> Because, you should. Uh, being you know, othered the, is the worst fucking yeah. feeling in the world. Not being able to provide for yourself because of things you can't control is the worst fucking feeling in the world. And so I 100% understand where these men were coming from. It was the job and the duty of the people that navigated this process of layoffs because that's something they had to do to make sure that it was fair for everybody. Yeah. Diversity and inclusion did not mean let's just that like that's that quota shit. Let's just make it real dark here. No, it's let's make it fair for everyone here to succeed. Yep. And and that's why you know when we started 
uh, I know we're closing out this section, uh, but when we started, I remember there was amongst us, it was being very cognizant of not just coming out here and shooting up the club um, that we, we had to, <laughs> like, we had to come with solutions. And that's why we say, you know, the core of the show is solution venting. Like, we're going to tell you when you're not shit. And then we're going to get to the solutions because one, we're in advertising. Two, we're not about to be out here complaining with, with nothing of, of value to add. Um, and so let's just be a lesson to everybody that get it off your chest. Don't hold it in because nobody needs a heart attack and then get to the solutions. Get to the solutions, real solutions, real contextual solutions. Um, we were going to get to another point today, but it's kind of uh, the more I talk about it, I'm like, ah, we keep, for whatever reason, everybody keeps writing about the Mad Men era. I guess we missed the days that were before, um, but we just need to continue to do better. And we we need to focus on the inclusivity of everybody and not getting rid of people. Like it's, it's not a, it's not a power shift or, or a, a power dynamic shift that needs to happen. It's not, okay, well, it used to be all men. So now we need an all girls club. That's not mm-hmm. the answer. So with that, continue listening to Mixed Company Podcast. You guys know where to find us. Right. Um, hopefully we're awake when you find us. Hopefully you're awake when you find us. Um, right. Also, we, we still have a email box where you can send uh, letters and stuff. People uh, don't email anymore. I just realized people don't email. People email for work. Or, or, or uh, well, actually, to that point, I DM am. DM us. Well, well, I have two positions open on my team. Uh, I'm looking for uh, senior creatives. Uh, art and copy um you get to work on cool shit and you also get to work with a real one uh and by real one i mean myself um low-key everybody at work has been trying to get on my team i'm just saying <laughs> there's there's a reason why um so yeah you can email the uh podcast um email <laughs> <laughs> You can DM uh, us too, whatever's uh, easiest. Uh, com or Company on all of the social platforms. And yeah, holla. Peace.